All right, I think it must be close to 2 o'clock anyway. <clears throat> I'd like to get started. Everybody enjoy their nice long weekend? Yeah, it's good. All refreshed. We're ready to get in it for the final stretch here. All right. So if anyone want to start that final stretch with a question? Makes me happy when you ask questions. I like questions. Yes, please. So last time when you said that um, the global variables were really just instant variables, does that mean there's actually like not really such things as global variables? Um, that's kind of true. So in Java, as I'll make clearer in the spring for those of you who take 11 and go on to do that, in Java, the way you make something global is by actually making it be what's called a static instance variable. <laughs> so let's see. If we, I don't think we've seen any examples of that. So there's a syntax for doing that. So strictly speaking, in Java, every variable is part of some class. So unlike in other programming languages where you really can't have a true global variable, you can't do that in Java. But what you can do is make variables that are and I'm sorry if this is going to be confusing, but it might work for a few, and then I'm going to leave it. You can make variables that are associated with the class as opposed to with the instances of the class. So, for example, there might be something that I would store as characteristics of human, right? It was a feature of human, and I might make this variable that's part of the class human that says bipedal. Right, that's not specific to an individual. Ignoring you know accidents and, and disabilities under normal circumstances, humans are bipedal. So that's something that I could associate with the class. So each time, and there might be some variable that says you know mode of transportation. Right, I don't know some crazy variable, and I would store in that bipedal, as opposed to each individual instance of human has an age and a gender and a name. Those are things that are specific to the instances of the class as opposed to variables of the class itself. We haven't seen that in any examples that I've done, but that's how you do it. So if you make a variable that's part of the class, the way you refer to it is you use the class name and then a dot and then whatever that thing happens to be. So, um, let's see, there's something in, yeah, um, I don't have an example for you at the moment. I'll try to find one that would be fitting in processing. But anyway, so, does that, did it sort of make sense, at least a little bit? Good question. Yeah, Nick. So, a constructor in object. Constructors are part of a class. So I'm going to worry. We need. It's important, and I'm not picking. I need. We need to get the terminology because it just helps us communicate. So constructors are part of the class definition. Go ahead. So the constructor in the class is. It just houses like all of the functions. No, the constructor is used to initialize the instance variables in the class. So I'll. Ha that's what it's. Nor I mean, it can do anything it wants to, but it's. Stylistically, we expect it to be used to construct the initial object, right? So that's why it's called a constructor. It would be perfectly appropriate to also call it an initializer. And in fact, in some early versions of languages that were, you know, that led up to Java, 
there was, might be a method, in fact, a stylized, every, every one of these things would have its, I don't want to say class, but maybe it was a class, it would have, you would, you would be required to give it a method called init. And I would make the thing and then I would call init on it to do what a constructor does. So a constructor really does two things. It's not been important to us yet, so I haven't really mentioned it, and it really isn't very important for most of this quarter, although it becomes important later on. The constructor does two things. It first allocates the space, the memory, and says, here's where I'm going to store it. And then you give it some instructions that says, what would you like me to do to that before I do anything else with it? Did, did I answer your question, even though I changed the wording? Good questions. People are looking, digging in here a little bit. That's good. Somebody else? Okay. So you've seen this slide several times. Again, I'm just tossing it up there partly to, to stimulate questions, remind us what we're working on right now. Defining classes and using them. A class has these data values which I prefer to refer to as instance variables, the XY coordinate of the ball, the name of the person. Um, <clears throat> and we also then have operations, although, and there's this special operation called the constructor, which is really kind of like these, these operations that you can do all on them. So for the ball class, we may, we may add some new ones today. At the moment, it had an update method. Um, <clears throat> if you had a... Uh, this human class, it had a, you saw it had a method called sleep. You could imagine a person class that you were using in a program to keep track of stuff where you might go in and change their age or go in and change their name, right, because they decided to change their name. Or you could certainly go in and update their GPA or compute their GPA, right? <clears throat> so anything that you might think about operating on that, those are things that we're going to prefer to capture as methods. So this, wasn't, this was by design. I'm going to actually back up slightly, and I was experimenting with taking this in a slightly different order. So I first showed you a class kind of doing what we really want it to do, but I want to back up and show you sort of the minimalist kind of class. Now, this does not take advantage of what object-oriented programming gives us. This sort of thing that I've got up here on the board has been in programming languages long before we discovered this idea called object-oriented programming. It's been there um, certainly back as programming languages that were used back in the 70s. So this has been here, and it's a way of structuring data in a very old programming language called COBOL that's still around, used primarily in business applications. These are called records, right, because it was about data records. Right? In the C programming language, which has been a long way since before object-oriented programming, this is actually called a structure. And in fact, if you just change that word C-L-A-S-S to S-T-R-U-C-T, that's a syntactically correct declaration of doing this kind of a thing in C. And really, it's just making the thing, this structure, this compound value, right? A structure, a record, whatever you want to call it. I like calling it a compound value. The object-oriented world, people call it an object, right? So I'm going to have a ball value, and it will have those five parts to it. And that's all I really need. 
That's all the syntax you need. You don't need constructors. You don't need methods. That's it. You just list the parts, the data members of this object, and then you can work with it. So <clears throat> I can declare a variable of that type. So ball one is a, I'm going to actually throw in the technical term here now, believe it or not. It's technically a reference to a ball, all right? It turns out at this point in my program, I don't actually have a ball yet. I have a variable that will potentially eventually refer to a ball, and I'm starting to slip in some different terminology here. I didn't say, when if, if I say int x, I don't say x refers to an integer. x is, in fact, the integer, and its initial value is 0. With these non-primitive types, the variables get created before the, before the actual things get created. And in fact, it has a value. Ball 1 has a value. And what is its value initially? Yeah, it probably stores it as a sequence of zeros. Binary is probably its value, but in fact, that's not how we refer to it. We refer to it as null. So, the, so we actually say ball 1 gets an initial value of null, which means I don't have the ball object yet. And then when I say here, when I say new ball, that expression creates the place in memory for the ball, puts the default initial value, since I'm not providing a constructor, provides the initial default values, and gives me back something that I'm going to go ahead and, and describe it the right way. It doesn't, I, it doesn't really give me the ball back. It gives me a reference to the ball. So there's the ball, and now I can say, yep, that's the one I'm talking about. Most of the time, for what we're doing so far, it doesn't matter, and I'm not going to make a big deal out of it this quarter, but I'm going to go ahead and try to talk about it carefully. So here we make the ball, and then this says, oh, I want to change the x part of the ball to be width divided by 4. I'm going to change the y. So we use this dot notation to refer to the various parts. Right? And that's all it does. So um, it's a way of organizing things, but as you'll see here, it certainly misses a huge amount of descriptive advantage that we get using methods in object-oriented language. So here's the example of one ball that uh, looks like I've got an x and a y velocity, so it actually is potentially going to move in both directions. I gave it an initial x value. I gave it an initial y value. I gave it a diameter, and I set all of the velocities equal to zero. Then... In order to manipulate that thing in draw, this is what I have to do. So if I want to, this is a ball that looks like at the moment I'm assuming that it has an x velocity of zero. It's not even worrying about the x velocity changing, so it assumes it's just bouncing straight up and down. And I check to see if it hit the ground. That's what that if statement does, right? It's height minus all one dot diameter divided by two, because when I'm within, when the center of the ball is within one radius of the ground, right, then I've sort of hit the ground. Right, that's why I did that. And I changed the velocity so it starts going up. Um, here's where we update the y position based upon adding the velocity to it. Likewise, the gravity changes the velocity, and we use a little bit of drag to slow it down, and then we draw the ball. Any questions about that code and what that does? I'm going to use the old-fashioned one here. So how many people really feel like they understand that example and what it does? And then I'll just sort of pop up real quick. Does anybody want to try to formulate a question and help, us, help out all those people that didn't raise their hand? Michael's going to help us out here. Why velocity 
Nope, there's no constructors. This is the whole program. There's nothing missing. It's just these two slides. That's it. That's, uh, sorry, I, that's a lie. Uh, sorry. It's, uh, it's these three slides. That slide, and there's setup, and there's draw. That's the whole program. There isn't anything else. Every time I say new ball, it's that picture I tried to draw last time. Imagine the soap bubble. There's a soap bubble. Can you visualize a soap bubble? Right? It's got an X and a Y and an X velocity and a Y velocity inside of it. And somewhere in that program that we saw, there's a variable called ball one. It's referring to that soap bubble. And this is the picture I want to draw, and it's actually the right mental picture. It's really what's going on. If in that program I was to make, so now when I say ball one, that's a one. When I say ball one dot x, it says go to where ball one is, find the thing it's referring to, and then look for the x part of that thing. Okay? And in just a second, we're going to create a second ball, ball two. I'm going to make another ball. It will have an x, a y, an x velocity. I'm leaving off the diameter, but you all can imagine that's in there too. And I'm going to have it referring to that second soap bubble with these values inside of it, right? So your question was, is, can you ask me your question again? Yeah, it's not from a constructor. It's, it's from that. This is the definition of the class ball. And this says every ball will have those five pieces by definition. And the way you refer to the piece is put a dot in the name of the piece. Just like UCSC.edu. UCSC, maybe they're backwards here, but I mean, those, are, those are dots that are sort of separating bigger things into smaller pieces. You know, um, my email is cs.ucsc.edu. CS is part of UCSC, which is part of the education domain. It's the same kind of thing, although it's sort of flipped around because uh, the thing that comes later is the refining part as opposed to the thing that comes earlier. So they're in reverse order, but it's the same idea. Yeah? Okay, other questions about that example? Not everybody raised their hand saying they really understood it. Yeah? So, um, where was it? So, sorry, it's on here. So, here's where I say ball one is assigned to me new ball. Okay, so every time you put ball one in, it'll make a new ball. Nope. It's the new ball that makes the new ball. So, here, watch this. Just for the sake of discussion, I'm going to, um, right here, and this is bad. This is going to be like one of these other programs I showed you. Right here, I'm going to say ball one is assigned to be new ball. Okay? I'm going to add that line right there. So let's see what this program does. So here's the computer's memory. Here's this variable ball one. Right? It's initially got null in here. Okay? That's what happened before setup is called. Because... Up there at the top, I declared ball, ball one, right? So I have this variable called ball one. It's null. All right? Now, setup starts running because the gremlin. Remember the gremlin? 
The gremlin calls setup. Setup starts running, and what does it do? It says, make a new ball. And I'm sorry, don't let that circle mean the ball. This is my soap bubble. If it was make a new person, I'd still draw a soap bubble, right? You with me? So it says, make a new soap bubble (laughs) that represents a ball, and it's got an X and a Y and an X velocity and a Y velocity and a diameter, all right? right? And they're all zero. Okay? And it's, that's what new ball does. It just shows up. And then, because that little special symbol right there, what's that called? The assignment operator. That says assign this thing. But what did I, did somebody catch? What was the word I used to describe? What's that? What does that give me? A reference to that soap bubble that I just created, that ball that I just created, Okay. And it says, take that reference and store it into ball one. And at that point, this no longer has null in it. It's got something that's a reference. Some languages call it a pointer. In fact, it's an address. It's a memory address. It's like 221 Dickens Way. That's where Charlie lives, right? It's an address of where that bubble is. So do you plug X, Y, X velocity, Y velocity into the parentheses of new ball? Nope, because there's no constructors. It just happens, Right? I, so there's nothing between the parentheses because I did not provide a constructor. That just, by default, they all get their default value. And I had no control about what they are. They're just all zero, right? So what happens next? The next thing that happens is it, it finds width divided by 4. I don't know what width is. Let's suppose it's 400. So that's going to be 100. It's going to take 100 and store it where? In the X part of the ball that ball one is referring to. The new ball? No. Ball one is referring to that bubble right over there, right? And it says change its X part to be 100. So now I have 100 in here. Okay. Then it says ball Y is zero. Well, it's already zero. That's not very interesting. It says ball one diameter is 10. It puts 10 in here, right? And it says the other two to zero. That's not so interesting. Okay, now, just to follow through, if I was to do this stupid thing here, if, if right at this point I say ball one is new ball, here's what happens. Now it doesn't actually even erase it immediately. We don't know. It technically gets garbage collected. That's, I'm not joking. That's the technical term. It's going to get garbage collected. What it's going to do is it's going to make another one. New ball makes one. No exceptions. It's really simple. New something, make a something. I'm sorry, your name again. New Sean. Make a Sean, right? It just does it. Okay? So, so I made a new one, and I got a reference to the new one, and what did I do with the reference to the new one? I stored that reference. I don't like your words, so thank you for trying. He said, he said give it the same label as the other one. Said, I'm not giving him a label. I'm storing it in the same place. So now I've lost what was in here, and it's now referring to this one instead of that one. Notice I now have this unattached soap bubble. It floats off and gets garbage collected. And I have this new bubble, and what are all of its parts? You know, they're just the default value. X is zero, Y is zero, they're all zero, right? So if I go on with my program from this point, and when I draw the ball, when I tell the ball... When I do all that stuff on the next slide, it gets zeros for all of them. So separate new thing 
makes a soap bubble. That's, that's going to be the term. I'm just inventing this. So for this class, new means make a soap bubble and put all the parts in there and give them their initial value. We'll see in a moment, if we provided a constructor, part of new soap bubble is execute the code in the constructor, and that might stick some values in. Okay? And then, if there's an assignment operator, which there better be, make that variable refer to that new soap bubble you just created. All right? So it wouldn't really make sense to put a new policy in there. Uh, that's not, that's, that's those are open paren. That's open paren, close paren. It would, that line that I put, this is bad, right? So this is not a smart thing to do. It's like redundant. It, it's throwing, it's, it's erasing everything I already did. <laughs> right? So one of those two bits is bad. Something's, something's clearly wrong there. Okay, is that helping? We're squeezing it out. You're getting the questions. Any more questions? Yeah. So if I get rid of this line, when I get to here, what will happen? Null pointer exception. It says find the x part of null. That's no good. So that's exactly what's happening with a null pointer exception. So it would compile, but it would not run. It'll crash as soon as I get to there. Does that make sense? It's like x part of what ball? I don't have a ball. Right? There's, there's nothing there. Nothing to refer. I don't know what. It doesn't work. Yeah? So, so when you declare a class, you don't actually declare... When I define a class? No, and I'm sorry to be picky here. here. When, when I'm making, when I'm declaring a new variable, I have a new variable. Right, okay. Exactly correct. All that is doing is making, it is making a little bit of memory. Just enough memory to store the reference to the ball that will come along later. It's just an address. All right? My house is a big thing. The address of my house is, you know, a few characters. It's just a reference. And the sooner you can believe that that's really, that analogy is perfect. It's an address. And the nice thing about addresses in computers is they have a predictable size. So it makes life for some, some guys doing the, folks doing some of the gory stuff inside of the computers. It's very easy for them when I say ball, ball one, it says, oh, I just need enough room to store an address. You know, 32 bits, 64 bits, right? If you say, I need a ball at that point, now it's got to go off and figure out how big is a ball. Well, in our case, oh, you know, there's room for five integers. But maybe it doesn't even know. The nice thing about it is it's what we call you know, it's sort of separation of concerns and separate compilations. I don't have to worry about that. So indeed, declaring a variable of a non-primitive type allocates space just for the reference, for the address for the pointer, whatever you want to call it, the phone number, right? The contact information. It doesn't give you the thing, right? It's an unbuilt house. If you want the house, you have to say new. And then you can take what that gives you and store it in your contact list. Your, you were using URL, which was fine as well. Your, uh, your uh, bookmark in your browser, right? Whatever, right? Okay? I'm still on, uh, how are we doing here? Good questions. How we, other questions about that example? How many feel comfortable with that example now? That's better. 
Okay. <clears throat> Last chance. Something about this one you want to ask? Oh, well, I see. Well, in that case, get out your clickers. Chance to consult with your neighbor and come up with a question if you still have any questions about this. But while you're at it, if you could give me an answer to this, that would be great. <clears throat> so, um, I'm, I don't, I'm not talking about comments, so if you think this is important, don't use that in your count. I'm using the same style here, how many lines of code must be added in order to have this thing represent? And there's other code that I'm going to need for the second ball. So assume that I, I changed setup to have a second ball someplace, but I want it to also bounce and get drawn like the one here. What, how many lines of code do I need to add? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so if you think this is important and I'm going to need another one of those, then that's another line. So whatever you think. So I want to know. So right. Uh, so any, a line of code means what looks like a line on the display here. So there's nothing funky there. Except just don't count blanks and, and, and comments. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you bet. If, if things go really smoothly today, I'll throw in arrays at the end. But you, yeah, this is setting you up so that you're you're begging me to tell you how arrays work. You got it. You that's exactly correct. Slow down. <laughs> The ball, the ball two is created and set up however I would need to do it. So this is just the update and the drawing of it. Don't count. I don't want you to count the lines to actually create it. Assume I've already created that other variable somewhere on the, like in setup on the other slide. It's really the, the relevant changes on this slide. All right, and I can't do this forever, so I'm going to wait. Three minutes is more than enough, so I'm going to stop. You got get some vote in, at least. You get some credit for just voting. <clears throat> All right, God, they're still going up. All right, I'm going to stop it there. All right, so any um, before we give you the answer to that, are there some questions that some people would that came out that you're still not sure the answer to, other than the answer to this question? Other questions that came up? No. Yeah. Um, for the curly braces, are you counting both of them? 
I, I would line, you know, if, if somehow you thought I needed to duplicate everything from that I to here, I would have counted that as three lines. Okay. <laughs> Other questions about this example? No? Or so, well, there are a lot of people that should be asking questions because not everybody got it right. Um, here's the vote. Um, so, indeed, the answer I expected was D here. And uh, we can figure out why that's going on. So, <clears throat> so here's what I do. If I actually, you know, at this point, I'm going to jump over and let's go to live code, if I may. So, it'd be interesting um, if someone wants to sort of comment and go, "Oh, I didn't know that's what you meant." But let's go on. So, first of all, to make the actual second ball variable, I just do that, right? My turn. <laughs> You had your minute, you had three minutes. This is I get to talk for a minute. So there I'm going to create, this wasn't what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to assume that was already there, but now I'm going to do it. And I need to make the second ball, which is, so down here, ball two is new ball. And that's really all I need at this point. I've got the ball and it's got all of its values are zero just to do something. You know, maybe I'll say ball two dot. Um, X is 25, right? So whatever. So there it is. You, but you were just assuming that was there. So here's the ball class. In order to make a second ball and have it bounce, well, I need to figure out if that second ball also hit the bottom. So I need to say ball 2 dot Y, and I need to do ball 2 diameter, and I need to update ball 2... So there's three lines right there, right? In addition, I need to have, whoops, I need to have ball two's Y coordinate change so it looks like it's moving. There's three lines. And I'm going to do the same thing for these two lines as well. There's four, five lines. I must have left one off. One, two, three, four, five. And I need um, this ellipse line. Did I really goof up here? Did I not give you the right choice? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Good. All right. So there we go. So I need all of those lines have to get replicated. And every place that had ball one, I have to put ball two. I, I don't know how it's going to work without that. So if somebody still doesn't get it, so ask me a question and I'll see if I can explain it. I don't think so because um, I said using the same style. I can't combine them in one test because the tests are completely independent. I mean, ball one and ball two don't bounce at the same time, right? So you can't combine them. There's no assumption that the balls start at exactly the same place, have the same diameter, and bounce together. So that, that was, I don't think, a reasonable assumption. Other question, yeah. Yeah, there is a more efficient way of doing it. It's the next slide that we already did. This is to make you understand why we want methods, right? But no, prior to object-oriented programming, if I had to do this in C, that's how I would do it, right? And that was the, you know, it seems so obvious now. It's hard to imagine how we programmed without it. But at the time, that seemed to be the right thing to do. So... Yeah, there is a better way. Whoops, sorry, you're not seeing the thing I'm seeing. 
There's a better way. We're going to create a method. We're going to capture all of that stuff, and essentially, wherever you saw ball one, all that stuff goes into a method, and it does the stuff, except ball one essentially becomes a parameter. Right? It's really this, it's a variable, and it gets to change, and I get to bind it to some other name. I'm going to make it change. So that's what happens. So, with our, as you already saw, not using the ball class we had before, but the ball class that's on the next slide that we'll revisit, with our new ball class that's got a method in it, now, in order to add the second one, you know, I added that line there. And I added this line here. Oh, now there's stuff between the parentheses because I've defined a constructor that was being asked about at the beginning, and we'll make sure we know how that works, that's going to cause all of those instance variables of each ball to get its own specific set of values based upon what's in the parentheses. And then I had to you know, tell it to update it, and that's really all I needed to make the other picture. For this one, I've already thrown in the fact that G... We did it before, and we'll go through it again more slowly now. I'm going to see if I can't even have the balls bounce into each other and change their directions, which is not good physics, but it's a good first uh, start at making this thing behave the way we want it to. So with the newer, more powerful class that actually has a method or two in it, those are, I only needed those three lines instead of seven, and of course it would have even been more than seven because this one is actually going to handle X and Y directions both, uh, moving in both directions. So, again, it's got the same parts. It's got a diameter, an X, a Y, X velocity, a Y velocity. And this update, that's where we're going to put all of the stuff that we used to do for ball one essentially gets copied into there. right? And that looked like this. So there it is. So if update... If y greater, whoa, but wait a minute, it used to say ball 1 dot y. What happened to this, the, you know, ball 1 dot y? Where did it go? It kind of went away because now, remember, the soap, back to the soap bubble. I'm working on this. I'm going to see if this works for you guys. You're all going to get it this quarter. So we're now inside of the ball 1 soap bubble, right? We're inside ball, or maybe it's ball 2 soap bubble. We don't know. We're in some soap bubble for a ball, Okay. And when we're in there, just like you can say mouse x and have it just know the mouse x, right? Inside of here, you don't have to say ball1.y, you just say y, right? And it's the y in the soap bubble. Raise your hand if that's kind of working at least. Is that, yeah? Okay, good. So I've dropped it. Now it turns out we can make them come back if you want. I mentioned it very briefly last time. We can make something dot come back. And what's something? If I really wanted to put the dot in here, there's a Java, there's a special keyword in Java. Yeah, right. If you really like it, you could instead say this dot y, this dot diam, this dot y velocity, this dot this dot there. But it turns out this just means the soap bubble I'm in, and it's implied if you don't add it on. So it saves us a lot of typing as well. So not only do we get we get this code that will work for any soap bubble, as opposed to having to make it copy and paste it each time. I, even in here, it saves me some typing because I've gotten rid of all the stuff before the dot. But that's implicitly what's going on. These are the same lines, except I think I threw in an update on X as well here, right? So now uh, it'll, it'll move in the X direction as well as bouncing up and down.
There's no gravity in the x direction, so it just keeps adding the x velocity. And I think we're going to have a little exercise in a minute. We're going to make it bounce off the edges so that it doesn't just disappear off the screen. Yeah. Where's the drag? So, good question. What's drag? Um, drag is a, and I probably didn't declare it that way, but in fact, given something we said earlier, what might drag v be? Like something I talked about in the early opening questions of today. So we actually have an example. How is drag different than, say, y velocity? It's the same. So in fact, drag, if I was being careful, and I probably didn't because it induces, introduced some extra syntax, drag should in fact be what's called a class variable. And it's in the ball clip. Whoops, we're in the wrong one here, sorry. Let's get the right one up there. That's not it. So if we look in the ball class, where is drag? It was on the other table. That's sloppy. Uh, so I made it a global variable. So you know the really the right thing to do here. Let's fix this. The right thing, and I'll even toss it out. This this will not be on the final. You can ignore this if you want. So the way you make it into a class variable, it's really stupid. It's it's got this is, has to do with history. <laughs> you put the word static here. Right now it's a class variable. There's just one drag. The drag will be the same for all of the balls. Right, so that's how you do it. They don't use the word global. It's got again. It has to do with uh, parentage. It's because this is derived from C and static. It was a keyword in C that has a similar kind of effect. And I'm not going to belabor that right now because that's not a topic that I want to be concerned about. But that's whoever asked where drag came from. We saw it was actually a global variable. It would be a little bit better to put it inside of here. There was a hand up. Uh, did it go away? Okay. I don't think I've broken anything. <clears throat> uh, field drag cannot be declared. Static, static fields can only occur in the static or top. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I'm not going to pursue that right now. I, I do know what's going on there, but didn't anticipate that, so forget that. Um, <clears throat> That's because processing is actually nesting classes inside of classes, and funny things happen there. So anyway, so that, whoops, it bounced off the screen. Um, if I change, fix that bouncing off the screen, very nice here. I just need to change this initial x, y. Let's make this initial x velocity be minus, and that way it'll be bouncing towards the center instead of bouncing off the screen. And so we see them bouncing. I think this is, did I already have that collided method in here? No, yeah, so they don't collide at the moment. They just sort of run over each other. But there's two balls, they're bouncing, right? And I could add a third one, you know, three lines of code, just like that, all right? Making sense? You bet. I'm going to do collided, so let's let's go there. So I, if you don't, if there aren't questions about what I've already seen, shown you, I believe the next thing I wanted to do. Um, uh, yeah, before I go there, I want to again. So go back to this is the constructor. 
So now because I want to put stuff between those parentheses when I say new ball and I want those values to go someplace, I define a constructor and as we talked about last time, it just moves the values in. So I have another example. I may make that clear later, so I'll take questions. Otherwise, I'm going to move on. Yeah? So it doesn't matter whether you put the Yeah, exactly. It does not, the order does not matter here. They're definitions, um, and they're, they're, Java doesn't require. In fact, the variables, those instance variables themselves could be at the bottom as well. So order here is not important. So there's a sort of a stylistic order. In fact, this is actually contrary to that. Stylistically, normally we put the constructors first. But <clears throat> either one is fine. So I decided more than what we had, instead of just a single update, I've actually added two methods, and I completed one of them already. So I made a method called reverse x. <laughs> It's not very hard, but it just changes, it makes the x direction change. The reason I added this as a method is that really in good software engineering, those instance variables, they're all going to get one more word added onto the beginning. They're going to put the word private. And that means you can't actually get at them from the outside. So at the moment, we're doing, in the very first example, when I said, you know, ball1.x, ball2.x, you really don't want to do that. You don't, in general, you don't want to be referring directly to instance variables. You want to use methods to get at them. So that's why I toss this in. But let's do this collided with. And it's a Boolean, so I want it to return true if this ball, right? Remember, this is a technical term here, right? This ball, which is the one that's going to be, if somewhere I say a dot collided, how do I spell it here, collided with B, right? So somewhere I say A dot collided with B, this is whatever A is referring to, and other is whatever B is referring to. So in here, in order to do that, what do we, have to, what do we decide was going to happen? We're going to say... I think I even did this just one fancy return, right? Return something. Uh, return what? Let's see. I need to know that the distance between <clears throat> the center of this one and the center of the other one. Does that have to be other? Does this have to be other? What and it has to just has to match that, right? So as long as these two match, this could both be Connor. It would still work. Why do I use other? It's just descriptive. It's the other one, right? Maybe I could have called it ball two. That would be okay as well. It's just what I chose to call it. It's just a variable. All right. So if the distance between those two is less than or equal to um, the other diameter divided by two plus my diameter. Divided by two, right? I think that's it. So that's all we need it for collided with, right? How many people could do that? I can't figure out how to put that as a clicker question, right? It was to have you write that. You need to be able to do this. Now, we've done this enough times. You should know about this distance thing. Nice, easy way to discover that the two balls have, have reached each other. All right, so if I go back over to the code, is this the right one? I'm... Yes, this is the right one. So the first thing I needed to do in here was to add that method, and I can add it anywhere. And I decided to put it down here, Boolean collided 
with ball, what should I call it? Somebody give me another nice, good, descriptive name for it. Uh, other ball. That's too many letters. You guys are not very, I don't know, B2, whatever. Yeah, well, you guys, give me some. All right, so, so now if I wanted to, be, and I'll be really lengthy about it this time just for fun. Since you somebody sort of put made me think of putting that there, so I'm going to say return if the distance between this dot x, this dot y, and that dot x, and that dot y is less than or equal to. I wanted it on a new line here. Is less than or equal to uh, this dot diameter divided by two plus that dot diameter. Divided by two, semicolon, return. I need to close curly brace. And there we've got, our, we've got our function. And now we need some code over here that does something with it. So I say if ball one dot collided with ball two. And of course, I could have done it in the other order. It really doesn't matter. And then using the function I was planning to put in here, but actually we can cheat right now. We don't really need it. I can say ball one dot x velocity equals ball 1 dot x, whoops, equals minus ball 1 dot x velocity. And do the same thing for ball 2. x velocity is minus ball 2 dot x velocity. And close, oops, close that curly brace. And I think we're ready to roll here. And this is where we ended class last time. If they managed to hit again, I guess they should because this is the same data we had, right? So there they hit and they bounce back off each other, okay? So we added this other method called collided with. We made a use of it. It actually takes a parameter. Turns out you're seeing now that I can actually pass these references, these non primitive types around as parameters to functions. Yeah. That's right, exactly. So, well, I didn't call it ball other. What did I call it? Ball two goes into that, and ball one goes into this. The thing before the dot always goes into this, and if there's no ambiguity, we can leave the this dot part off. Right? But <laughs> that is this. <laughs> always. And in this particular example... That is that. Okay? Don't <laughs> you love English? See, that's why computers are... Okay. Is that making sense? Question, yeah. Why did I have to put... Um, here? Why did I put ball that? 
Just like any other method, when we pass something in, what do we, what's the first thing we have to tell it? The kind of thing we're... It's not an int. It's not a float. It's not a Boolean. It's not a string. It's not a P font. It's a ball. You have to tell it what it is. Always. Whenever you introduce a new variable, that's just a variable here. We have to tell it what it is. Okay? Good question. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, please. You, I can. The answer is yes, although I'm not sure I fully understand your question, but I, but I understand enough to know that the answer is yes regardless. But let me see if I can figure out what you're actually asking me. So you're asking about, um, maybe, are you asking about this if statement? Yeah. Great. So what would you like me to do? How about, well, let me let you answer that. What, what did you want me to, you want me to put this in that other code? You bet. So I've chosen here, it was a design decision. I decided to just tell you when the balls collided as opposed to doing anything about it. Okay? I could have, instead of telling you that they collided, what could I have done instead? What's that? I could just do it. You know, take the action. So let's change how collided with works. I, and in fact, it's probably maybe going to save me some typing. So if I have to do this several times, so let's change collided with to instead of being a boolean. Maybe you want to know. Maybe I'm going to leave the. You know what? For now, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm not even going to bother to return anything. I'm just going to check and see if they've collided. So maybe the name's not right, but I'm going to leave it for now. All right. And what it's going to say? It's going to say if. The distance between those two things is less than that. What am I going to do? What's your name? Maria. Maria. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to reverse them both right here. I can just do it. So right here, I can say, you know, being my pedantic, this dot x equals minus this dot x. I'm going to stop typing those thises. And that dot, oh, it's not x, sorry. Duh, what am I supposed to be doing here? Um, x velocity and this dot x velocity and that x velocity equals minus that dot x velocity. And have I got the curly braces I need? I think I need a curly brace here. Tools, auto format, that looks good. So now back over here, instead of doing that if here, right? I just, uh, I can just say, check and see if these two collided, right? And it will still work. Is that kind of where you were going? Yeah, you bet. So it's still going to work. Right? I've built into the method itself to do the reverse. You know, it's, it was just a design decision. Right? I like that. So that's a nice way to do it. Right now the main program doesn't even bother to know whether they've collided or not. It just needs to tell them. In fact, I could take this one step further. Uh, no, I can't. Forget that. That was going down a wrong alley. <clears throat> Other suggestions or comments or questions about that? Okay. So here's a bunch of other things you could do with it, and I think I'm not. Sh 
sorry, thank you. How's that? Um, <clears throat> we can modify the ball class to allow for specifying a color. We could maybe add another method so that the ball color could be changed after I had started it up. We could have some code so that the balls bounce off the left and right edges as well. And you might even think of some things that you might want to do. Um, I think I'm going to leave those right now as an exercise for the reader. Um, let's see how I started with right. So I started with the color one. So here's a question for you. Let's see what's going on here. Um, here's the ball class. And for those of you who haven't played with it, processing does have a type called color. We won't worry about what it really does. Um, and I just want you to look at this code, which was my attempt at adding code to it so that now each ball has a different color that I get to specify when I construct the ball. So have I put everything I need in here so that when I make a new ball, I can pass it um, the, a new color and it will get drawn with that color? Or work with your neighbor to come up with any other questions you might like to ask me about this example. Um, and just to make sure the, you know, the dot, dot, dot there is filled in with whatever update had in, right? You know, that's, don't, don't, cue, if, if you want to give it, it may have a syntax error, but the syntax error is not because of the dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Can it be what? Um, the col col color lets you specify shades of gray as well as colors. So that that's not where the issue is if there issue if there is an issue at all. Okay, that's been two minutes. Uh, toss your vote in. Toss your hand into the ring here. It looks like we had 175. I'd like to see most people at least take a vote, stab at it here. Yep, I'm going once, twice, gone. All right. So I'm glad to see most people are on board here. This is good. All right. So so what's uh, what's missing? <laughs> Was it <a> guess? <laughs> Yeah. So I think you've I think you have the right answer, although the, some of the words threw me off. 
So a placeholder. We have a we have an instance variable called b color, and I've got a variable here. So I don't. Those, I would think of those as. Oh, that's what's wrong with b color. You don't like the name. Okay, so yeah, right. So, but in fact, the name doesn't have to be different. Um, but that's but that's a good. So you're you're right on. What I the point I wanted to make is, what's happening here? The point I wanted to make is because I call this variable b color, does not magically cause that value to show up in that instance variable called b color. I actually showed you last time how to do this, but I'm not surprised you didn't remember. I don't technically have to change the variable name. So we know how to refer to that one up there being really explicit. How do we be really explicit? This. So in fact, the missing line, if I was going to make the minimum changes, and it could, of course, be anywhere here, the missing line is this dot b color is assigned to be b color. Oh, we can't see it. Thank you. Oops. Uh, let me let me get rid of this. Hold on a second. Uh, all right. So, um, right. In, indeed, this this could be x and this could be y and x velocity. And then I would have to say this dot x equals x. I was just avoiding having to use that notation. <laughs> all right. That was all. Um, so you can either change the name or you can use this. When you have these conflicting names, the local one again takes precedence and it sort of sees the one that's close. Right, um, and so if if I say b color equals b color, it just assigns that to itself as opposed to copying up there where I need it. Okay, so that was the line that was missing that I wanted people to pick up on, and it looks like hopefully most people did it, and many certainly had the right answer there. Yeah. This is an explicit way of naming the soap bubble I'm in, and so if I say this dot name. It's that part of the soap bubble that I'm referring to. So yeah, you said this is referring to those variables up there. That kind of works for me. Excuse me? Here I need this because I've got this name conflict. Right? I don't need it. If I change this to be BC, then I can just say B color is BC. Okay? <clears throat> That's a syntactic thing as opposed to a conceptual thing. All right. So um, I would like to charge ahead. I actually have another clicker one right away for you here. So we're going to move to another example. Right? It's not much not fancier than the um, one we just had. But So I'm now going to use a light bulb. And uh, we're going to create a light bulb class. And here's my program that's going to use the light bulb class. And... Um, so this is going to give me the, uh, the xy coordinate of the light bulb. And this is going to tell me whether the light bulb is on or off and put it at this xy coordinate. And this is going to give me a light bulb with an xy coordinate and uh, tell me uh, the size of it. And maybe I've said more than I wanted to already. But I realize those comments it could be ambiguous about what they are. And then I've got this code here. And the question is, how many instance variables do I need to define inside of the light class? And we're going to look at that class as soon as you guys can answer this question.
All right, I'm going to let this go to two minutes, and then we're going to stop so I can talk about it. I'm on, a, I'm on a correctly working light class that would go with what I have here. All right, time's up. All right. Um, well, I actually think before I show you the results, um, let's, uh, let me, I'm just, what's happening here? Here we go. Okay, so somebody... Tell me one variable that they think, instance variable that they think the class has. Let me take a hand and somebody give me one. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I even sort of said, as the, so it looks like, and I said we're going to pass in here. So I need to know the X position of the light. Another one. Pick off the easy ones there. Yeah, the Y position. So I need at least, it looks like I've got at least two. Do I have another one? Was somebody in the back then uh, non-usual suspects? Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember your name. Uh, Tommy. Tommy. Uh, the size. The size, yeah. So I mentioned here I was going to specify the size. That's three. I have another one, yeah. Whether it's on or off, right? So this is, you know, I could just call it on here, on or off. That's four. You have another one? Yeah. Yeah. So I never gave it a width. I could imagine giving it a width, but I'm going to guess that I've decided what my light bulbs are going to look like. And you don't have a choice about that. Size is probably all I need. Um, and we didn't see it here. So uh, I mean, I could imagine that it's in there, but it's certainly not implied by the code that's here. Do I have another one? Yeah, so that was it. That's what I was expecting was just those four. Now, one of the important things about this example, which is why I wanted to... Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm still here. One of the reasons I wanted to have this example today is notice I've used three different constructors. And we talked about this last time. And in particular, again, it's emphasizing that there's no magic one-to-one -one association between the parameters that I, the values that I put in here and the instance variables in the class. The class we've now decided is going to have four instance variables and none of the constructors in fact takes four variables, right? Maybe I could make another constructor that takes four, but I in fact didn't define it that way. So there's the, the light code that used it, just what you were just looking at, and here's the class. So it's got an XY and a diameter I give the diameter a default of 15, but we're going to see one of the constructors is allowed to change it. And I assume that the, and there's a Boolean called on, and I'm going to give it a default value of true. That's my choice. I get to decide, right? I mean, the programmers are God. We get to do whatever we want inside of the little virtual worlds that we're creating here. So one constructor says, if you give me an X and a Y value, I'll store them into the XY values and change those. Another constructor says, if you give me three integers, I'm going to use the first two to store in the XY value, and I sort of intentionally didn't do them in order here. Right? There's no magic about the order. And the third one I'm going to use to store into the diameter. 
Or if you give me two integers and a Boolean, I'll use the two integers again for the x, y, and the Boolean for whether or not it's on. Now, this could have been the x value and the diameter, and then I'd have to have some default value for the y position. That was my decision, right? Just because there's two integers, they don't have to be x and y. I get to specify everything. It's really completely up to me. So it's not a terribly exciting. I actually ended up with a bunch more methods than it turns out needs for my example. So um, we're going to get here in just a second. So when I try to draw the, the uh, ellipse, and I didn't call it update, I didn't call it draw, I called it show. I turn off the stroke. I decide whether it's on or off to decide what fill color I want to be used. I make sure I'm in ellipse mode center because I want to make sure that my ellipses show up where I expect them to show up. I draw the ellipse, and I was even trying to be a little bit cutesy here, and uh, it's not a very good-looking light bulb, but um, there's my three light bulbs. This one's off. It sort of shows it in the off with this gray, and here are two other light bulbs with different sizes in different positions, and I think what I already have working in this code is that if you click on them, you can change whether they're off or on or not. So I can click on them, and how did that happen? Is down here in the, let's, we didn't look at that yet. I also added some functionality to this light class, and in mouse pressed, I asked the light if it was clicked, right? And if the light is clicked, I decided to toggle it. So this is, this is all stuff that I had to define. These are operations that I'm adding. Again, it's to show you that we can add features to these things and then use them as many times as we want. If it was clicked, I toggled it. Of course, I had to repeat that for all three of them. Um, let's make sure we look at clicked and toggle. So again, going back to the light class. Um, click just does. We know what this is now. It's, it looks to see if the mouse distance. Basically, I look and see if it clicked on the circular top part of the of the light that was considered clicking on it. And if you click on it, I just return that value. And then there was the toggle, which just says if it was on, make it be off. If it was on, off, make it be on. Right? <clears throat> Almost didn't need a method for that. But if I'm doing good software engineering practices and I'm using that keyword private that I only very briefly mentioned once before, this is really the only way to go and change those values. Um, and I, when I was doing this, I created a whole bunch more functions that we didn't really need yet. But you could ask the thing whether it's on. You could force it to be on. You could force it to be off. Um, so there are several other places I want to go with this one. And it looks like I'm probably not quite going to make it today. But let me tell you two places that can go with this that you ought to be playing with. Um, I'm about ready to start on a race. I think, I, I think I'll we'll go ahead and start that. So one is, just to remind you, just to throw in a loop. I had an example. If I'd had time, the next, one of the next things I was hoping to do was I was going to modify the show method for the light bulb to have a little chain, one of these little chains with the little balls, you know, little spheres that are all connected together. And I was going to make a long chain of those spheres. And how was I going to do that? With a for loop. So right in here, I was going to throw in a for loop that drew a whole bunch of little spheres based upon where this one is. So I'd have my chain. The next place I'm going to go with it, which is probably what I'll start with Wednesday's lecture on, is, gee, we've got this lights. I was imagining last night, and I didn't try yet, and I clearly don't have time today. 
I'm going to, in my program, I want to create a whole string of lights that goes down the diagonal, and I'm going to have them like blinking on and off at some sort of weird pattern. And in order to do that, what am I going to use? An array, you bet. See you on Wednesday.